Welcome to the Popular Apocrypha Podcast, the show where the characters are all remade and the intros are different every time. I'm Riley. That's not true. I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm Tyler. And uh, it's definitely different than last time. So mm, Maybe. <laughs> Were you trying to imitate a plane flying by? Yeah. <laughs> well, last time I stole Nick's intro. Yeah, that's true. I was uh, upset about creatively it. Creatively borrowed? That was a couple times ago, I think, actually. Yeah. We're, Whatever. It's just a thing. We don't pre-record. We, don't, no. we would never do that absolutely not it's all live every time you listen it's us talking directly into your ears we have a little setup where we see everyone who accesses the feed at every given moment and Mm -hmm. we just start as soon as they click play start wherever they left off yep yeah. Which episode are we on? Uh, uh, I, I don't remember. Uh, if this is your first time checking us out. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Uh, I am sorry ahead of time. Uh, if you'd like to check oh us boy. out on our socials, you can find us on all those platforms at P-O-P-A-P-O-C podcast on the Instagrams and the Twitters. If you want to find us in our most unfiltered, unadulterated forum, you can find us at www.popapoc.com to check out our main website with access to um, all of our episodes as well as ways to get in touch with us send us suggestions ideas that you have for characters that should be improved maybe ways that we can improve ourselves you know maybe go out and jog more or do more uh, working out or maybe drink less caffeine or things like that you know uh, we appreciate all the feedback you can give us even if it's not about our show um, if yeah you... I, we prefer personal like life advice the yeah. most and please make your criticism as unconstructive as possible yeah and just <laughs> the most pointed aggressive yeah Make sure you know, you don't say anyone's name, but make sure we know exactly who you're talking about every time you yeah. say something. I really hate that Riley breathes. I, I wish he didn't. I wish the one person <laughs> would stop breathing. <laughs> and if uh, if you want to support us uh, with more than just constructive criticism, uh, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash P-O-P-A-P-O-C. There you can find bonus episodes, uh, little behind the scenes content, uh, just more of us if that's what you so desire. Anyway. I don't know if anybody really desires that. I don't know if anybody uh, can handle that. I think most of our listeners do it out of obligation. Like, they feel sorry <laughs> for us. Like, well, I'm subscribed. Yeah. Might as well just yeah. listen. I was told the other day that uh, one of our listeners literally just turns us on in his pocket, turns the volume all the way down so that we get to listen, but he doesn't actually have to listen to our voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I, Me. I thanked him, but in a hurt way. <laughs> Ouch. Yikes. I mean, here's the thing about that. Hate money is still money. You're, we're not getting any money from this. <laughs> if only we made money from this. <laughs> Today, as we get into the full swing of the Thanksgiving season and the popular Apocrypha podcasters. Yeah, for uh, you Americans. Yeah, we, we talk about things that we are thankful for, like hate money and hate lessons. Yeah, thanks for the hate lessons, idiots. <laughs> I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought Elmer Fudd would be a good character to look at because instead of hunting turkeys, uh, he's hunting a... Waskily wabbit. Waskily wabbit. Uh, it's wabbit season. No, it's duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Why you have such a thick slur <laughs> this spun there? Um, wabbit season. Elmer J. Fudd is a member of the Looney Tunes gang and an adversary of Bugs Bunny who repeatedly tries to hunt the wabbit, but just ends up usually injuring himself or other antagonizing characters instead. Interesting enough, though, uh, Elmer's origin as a character in the Looney Tunes roster is a hotly disputed one, uh, second only to Bugs Bunny himself. In the 1930s, a character named Egghead was created and wore funny clothing, had a bulbous red nose, and a head shaped like, well, an egg. Um, nice. Some, Yeah, some cartoon historians, which, by the way... How cool would that be? To be a cartoon to historian. To be a cartoon historian. I'd like to think that that's what we are. I think it'd be decent up until like the early 2000s when like Family Guy and American Dad came out, and then it'd just suck. Because uh, you have to go watch all those really crappy episodes. Throwing shade. Wow. Throwing yeah. shade. Hey, 
come at me, producers of some of the biggest animated shows ever. <laughs> now, you're just racking up a roster of people that want to fight you. Yeah, Will Wheaton, you're number one. <laughs> Will Michael Wheaton, Buble. General yeah. Mills, number Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. <laughs> number three. But Michael Bublé, you're, you're rising to the top very rapidly. Uh, are, are you worried that you're going to have an enemy of my enemy situation where you're going to have to team up with Seth MacFarlane to fight Michael oh, Bublé? That would be the worst possible situation. <laughs> because, I mean, Seth MacFarlane's okay, but he, I don't think he's all that funny. Uh-huh. Like, he seems like a, a decent human being sometimes. But in the event that I have to fight Michael Bublé and Will Wheaton while teaming up with Seth MacFarlane, um, I would probably, like, wait until we've beaten them and then just stab MacFarlane in the back. <laughs> And and stand over all three of them and call myself the ultimate victor. Pull a Kylo Ren and, and Seth MacFarlane goes to hug you in victory and then you just stab him. Yeah, it's kind of like... Um, and then he falls off the bridge. Have you ever watched the ultimate showdown when you were a, a young child? No. The, it was a, that music video by Lemon Demon, I think his name is. <laughs> okay. But it's about all the pop pop fiction characters fighting, like having an ultimate... Basically, the first Hunger Games. Um, okay. So they all fight to the death. And the last one standing is Mr. Rogers. And then he commits seppuku at the end. What? It's because he's so sad that he killed everybody else. And I think it'd be kind of like that situation, except I wouldn't commit seppuku. I would just celebrate. Go look it up. Wow. The Ultimate Showdown by yeah. Lemon Demon. Okay. I definitely will tell you I did and didn't. It's on uh, YouTube. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on Instagram at P-O-P-A-P-O-C. Yeah, probably on SoundCloud podcast. somewhere. Anyway, uh, some cartoon historians believe that Egghead gradually evolved into Elmer Fudd over the years because the animators and publicists involved with the project had so much trouble telling the two apart, they just decided, why even bother trying? Uh, but other historians Fair. argue that uh, Elmer Fudd and Egghead were distinct characters from each other from the very beginning, as evidenced in a Warner publicity sheet submitted for an early animated cartoon uh, on file with the Library of Congress Uh-oh. that says that Elmer Fudd is actually actually listed as Egghead's brother. So, right. eh, you know, kind of decide for yourself. They had to go to Congress to let them know that? Well, they had to submit the publicity notice. Uh, yeah. So uh, like Congress is calling them up and be like, you're on trial <laughs> because you have two characters that are the same character. I would love to have a congressional hearing in the style of an impeachment trial that's like, and is Egghead actually Elmer Fudd? Please confirm. And somebody has to say no, and then that's the end of the trial. Uh, they, say, they say not guilty, and then the guy goes, that's not the type of trial this is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you're confused. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, of course, then uh, moving into the actual cartoon stories and the, the cartoon history of Elmer Fudd, um, you know, it, it follows a similar cartoon styling in these earlier days where every cartoon is a new adventure that either provides new details as to that character's background and story, or because of the cartoon itself and what they want to do in the episode, it just flat out changes their backstory for the sake of the episode. So this is kind of where we're going to get into. Some cartoons have said Elmer Fudd is this. Some have said he's this. It's kind of a jumbled mess. But hey, uh, that gives us more content to work with. So the early episodes of Elmer Fudd and Bugs Money uh, see Elmer actually uh, liking Wabbits and trying to either take pictures of Bugs Bunny or trying to adopt him as a pet, just kind of like follow him around as a nature guide. But after Bugs Bunny plays tons of jokes on Elmer and confuses him and sends him on crazy harebrained schemes, um, Elmer's driven to uh, hate little gray wabbits, he says. I hate little gray wabbits. I hate little gray wabbits. Jeez, that's really good. Uh, and grab his shotgun to try to kill the rabbit. Uh, 
so that's one potential origin story as listed in the in the cartoons. Um, Elmer in these early episodes made such a good dupe and foil for Bugs that he would become his main rival for cartoons to come. Um, his legendary gullibility, small size, short temper, and shorter attention span uh, made him literally perfect to play off of Bugs Bunny uh, as his opposite. Now, onto the the confusing bits of his story as detailed in several of the cartoons. In most of the episodes, we see him playing off of Bugs Bunny as the big game hunter wielding a double-barreled shotgun with infinite ammo. But in other episodes, we see him a little different. In one, Elmer declares himself a vegetarian who hunts for sport only. Um, in another, which is the weirdest. Yeah, <laughs> yep. In, I don't in like a, that. Exactly. In another episode, he's depicted as a wealthy industrialist who lives in a giant penthouse and doesn't do any hunting at all. In another, he's a sanatorium patient who firmly believes he's a rabbit. Uh, Bugs comes and visits him in the sanatorium. Uh, and to give him a second chance, Bugs switches places with him, lets him out of the sanatorium. The doctor believes that uh, Elmer's psychosis has driven him so far as to become a rabbit. So then the doctor makes Bugs Bunny believe that he is Elmer Fudd. And then Bugs is trying to be Elmer Fudd, hunting Elmer Fudd, who now thinks that he's the rabbit. And then at the very end of the episode, Bugs Bunny gets arrested, and it's revealed that Elmer was trying to frame Bugs Bunny so that he doesn't get framed or he doesn't get uh, hit for tax evasion and go to Alcatraz. Literally, that's what? yeah, that's one of the plots of the episodes. Uh, in Holy another, crap. in Alcatraz. another cartoon, uh, he's like just a normal office worker um, who goes hunting with his uh, good boy uh, doggy friend, a Wover. Um, and he just kind of goes hunting and Bugs Bunny isn't in those episodes at all. So we got a lot to work with here. Uh, some other fun facts about, uh, Elmer Fudd that I just thought were kind of fun and interesting. Um, Elmer Fudd is married. Okay. We see his wife, Mrs. Fudd, who's basically just Elmer with a wig on, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and talks the same as him in, in a couple of episodes. In That's a, how you're supposed to do it, right? You're supposed to marry somebody who looks exactly it, like you. But just with longer hair. Yes, exactly. Or in my case, shorter hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and less beard. And le- <laughs> Well, in a other Looney Tunes show called Lunatics Unleashed, where I guess this takes place way, way, way in the future, I suppose. Uh, Elmer J. Fudd's descendant, Electro J. Fudd, uh, tries to prove himself the universe's greatest hunter by capturing Ace Bunny, but settling on Danger Duck instead. Danger Duck. Um, and then in a scene in that uh, in that cartoon, we see a photo of the elder uh, Elmer Fudd <laughs> detailing that he presumably died at the hands of a giant squirrel. I believe it. So that's another ending option. And then this was the most amazing factoid I've ever found, and I am so excited. In 2017, DC Comics partnered with Looney Tunes to create a crossover comic. An alternate version of Elmer Fudd was created for a story in which the character was designed to, like, fit into the DC universe and fight Batman. No. In the Batman Elmer Fudd special. In the story, Elmer's a bounty hunter that originated from the country and moved to Gotham. He considers uh, moving on from the bounty hunting business and putting that away for good when he falls in love with uh, a woman named Silver St. Cloud. Uh, But as he's falling in love and they're connecting, she gets killed by the hitman Bugs the Bunny. What? He he goes to a bar called Porky's in which the attendants are all humanoid versions of other famous Looney Tunes stars to kill the hitman Bugs. 
But when he gets there, uh, Bugs confesses to killing Silver, but he says that Bruce Wayne hired him to do the hit. So then Elmer finds Bruce Wayne at a party uh, and he shoots Bruce Wayne. And then Bruce Wayne survives. Uh, he comes back as Batman to confront Elmer in his apartment and he defeats uh, Elmer in, in, a, in a hand-to-hand combat fight. And Elmer in his like last moments of fighting Batman is like, defeated super sad and he you know says i wouldn't have killed bruce if he hadn't have like had my lover killed and then batman is like well i don't think that's what happened uh because i wouldn't do that so then elmer and batman return to the bar to fight all these old looney tunes style humanoids and confront bugs bunny but then when they get there and it's the final fight between bugs bunny bugs the bunny batman and elmer they find that silver is actually in the bar where she oh and I forgot to mention this earlier sorry it's just a really long story um Silver actually dated Bruce before she dated Elmer so there's like a love triangle there um but anyway we find out that Silver didn't actually die she left Bruce and Elmer because of their dangerous lifestyles and uh, she just wanted to fake her own death so the story ends with all three of them uh, requesting a glass of carrot juice at the bar and uh you know they uh, they have more Looney Tunes adventures with other Looney Tunes people they have I guess. At the very, very end, too. Sorry, I was just... I found this note uh, that I <laughs> I thought was funny. Um, in the end, the the comic ends with Bugs the Bunny, Elmer, and Batman reenacting the famous rabbit season, duck season sketch with Batman saying it's bat season. Um, and this then, causes me pain. Am and, I living in a dream and, right now? What the hell? <laughs> and then after getting shot too many times by Elmer because Bugs Bunny is smarter than Batman, I guess is what this is saying because he keeps making Elmer shoot batman batman makes it robin season and elmer goes after the sidekick oh god (laughs) and that's how the cartoon ends i'm like what (laughs) indicative of the original batman i suppose so anyway i don't think we should pull that into our version of the story at all but i just thought it was fantastic (laughs) mind-boggling what the hell Uh, as soon as you said in dc you're like oh no (laughs) so i i was like there's no way this is real because this is just you know in one of my wikipedia searchings like oh it mentions this thing i'm like you know some dude just wrote that in as a joke and then i google image searched the dc crossover event and it is very real it's it's so (laughs) it didn't dc also do the crossover with scooby-doo yes so that means that they all that the Looney Tunes and Scooby Doo characters also exist in the same universe because yeah. we well, know that. What, what, I would argue that DC is just a comic whore because they partner with <laughs> Warner Brothers, Hanna Barbera, anybody who they can get their hands on. Right I, now. I wouldn't say those words, Nick. <laughs> I would say that DC was an early popular apocrypha. No. Yes. No. They're they're, they're expanded. Yeah, universe. I don't know. I that feels a little bit too far there, Riley. I, I don't I don't know if I would go as far as what Nick said, but I, this is why we all work together on the podcast because <laughs> we have two extremes in the middle. But yeah, so so that happened. Anyway, moving on to Elmer Fudd. What the hell? Dude? Um, so I was trying to think of what ways we can improve Elmer Fudd, and I know that in the past we've had issues where we have characters that are so intricately entwined that we have to address both in order to change them. For example, like Roadrunner and and Wile E. Coyote. Um, But as I thought about it more, I was kind of, I got the impression that I think we can talk about Elmer Fudd without talking about Bugs Bunny. Because he is kind of a more of a standalone character. And while they are adversaries, 
there's there's enough here to just talk about Elmer Fudd. Okay. So where did Elmer come from? <laughs> See, that's kind of the are you talking about in comic history or in the cartoon? In in the cartoon. It changes. It's 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 funny cuz like cuz there's like the baby looney tunes yeah. show where he's he's just a baby and he's there being like in daycare with Granny but also Wait, d- does, is he a baby with a gun? Uh, I did not look up the Baby Looney Tunes version of Elmer Fudd. I, I know that his baby version has hair. I don't know if like oh. going if googling baby with a gun is gonna find the right <laughs> results, but you can give it a shot. <laughs> baby with a gun. Um, so it, it's funny because Looney Tunes is like the cartoon SNL where they sort of just that's s- really true. Actually. Slap the characters into different roles, but you still see them as those characters. Like when I watch SNL, especially with certain actors, like. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. There's always Alec Baldwin yeah. playing something. Or, yeah. <laughs> or Will Ferrell's always Will Ferrell playing. Like, he's not being that person. Right. Right? And so it's it's very much like Looney Tunes is the cartoon SNL where they just, just rearrange and, and slap each character into something else, which is, I mean, kind of the idea behind, um, what's that movie? Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. You know? Actually, Elmer Fudd yeah, yeah. has a has a headshot cameo. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he came as show. Or in that movie. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's one of those things like, like, it's almost like these characters are actors in each skit. Yeah. Well, that, that was kind of the concept behind uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And actually, sorry, I, I missed this, but another one of the cartoon stories for like kind of Elmer Fudd um, shows Elmer Fudd as an entrepreneurial showman. And he meets Bugs Bunny and they come up with uh, this like one act gag sketch where, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny asks Elmer a question and then Elmer slaps a pie in his face. And throughout the episode, they do that like across the country. They get really famous, but Bugs Bunny gets tired of it. So eventually when it gets to the point where Elmer asks the joke to Bugs for him to answer incorrectly and then get a pie in his face, Bugs answers it correctly and kind of looks at Elmer and Elmer's all hot tempered because now the joke is gone and he goes and pulls out his shotgun on Bugs Bunny on stage and then Bugs is like, eh, what's up, Doc? And then that's the that's the new joke, and that, like, kills the audience even more. And then they look at each other and decide, this is the real gag. And the way that that cartoon ends, it implies that the entirety of the Looney Tunes sketches with Bugs Bunny and Elmer were all the shows on stage. That they're all the, like, the comic reels on stage of these gags. And that Elmer's not really a hunter. He's just a showman. And Bugs isn't really, you know, he's also a showman. So it kind of I mean, already is self-implied within the cartoon universe. That kind of makes sense also with like the the self-referential fourth wall breaking that happens within the Looney Tunes show, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bugs Bunny and and Daffy, like, and I think other maybe even Elmer, I, I, but other characters as well will like break the fourth wall and like have a moment with the audience, and it's like, oh, like you know that you're in a show, like you know that you're you are you you know that you're an an actor even though you're a cartoon like you you have an understanding of this and yet and and yet the the story continues on as if nothing changed nothing happened yeah until aliens invade and they have to team up and uh, fight them on the basketball court and then it's all real obviously yeah i, I almost Space called him um martian manhunter instead of marvin the martian <laughs> same difference right yeah, yeah i mean they're already DC. crossover yeah, yeah. Cross still dc <laughs> So, I mean, is it, is it, is it still Tyler question corner? I mean, I don't know if I have questions. Uh, I mean, which is strange for me, but 
We can move directly into Riley's Idea Corner. Riley's Idea Corner. Uh, so with with Riley's Idea Corner, dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. Um, my ideas are that for Elmer Fudd, either we lean heavy into the already kind of meta viewpoint on these characters not actually being in in the cartoons and that they exist outside of and they're just like an actor's guild we either lean heavy into that or we make uh elmer fudd kind of like we lean into the comic booky funny side and we make elmer fudd the uh starter or the the founder of a uh comic book or comic cartoon uh hunters guild where all these hunters uh you know tra- traverse the the cartoon multiverse and hunt these big uh cartoon game that's like legendary and and vicious and you know El- Elmer's hunted everything from the uh Tarask in D and D to mm-hmm. the um uh maybe the Slimer in Ghostbusters. Mm. And he's like hunted all this stuff, but the one plaque up on his wall that's still empty is the Wabbit. The Wabbit. The Wabbit. The Waskowy Wabbit. Yeah, I like that. I mean I personally I would per- prefer to not have it be like a, a guild or a league of hunters, but just have him be like a solo um, he's like this uh, trans-dimensional solo hunter, bounty hunter figure that uh, does it for sport and does it for pay and does it for basically whatever reason suits his fancy in a, in a given moment. I just I had a thought of like if he's a he's a you know interdimensional bounty hunter that whatever world he pops into, he has to follow the rules of that given universe. So right. when he so he Elmer Fudd is actually the hunter in Jumanji, <laughs> and Elmer Fudd is <laughs> and Elmer Fudd is actually Django Fett and Boba Fett. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you play both of them at the same time <laughs> yeah. in episode three or whatever it is? Yeah, because like when <laughs> you're when you're too. hopping dimensions, time time doesn't work like normal. Like you don't know where you're gonna end up. <laughs> I mean, or I when, don't rather. I don't want to say like I don't want to. I don't want to make it so that. You know, if we do address those characters in the future, they have to be at their core Elmer Fudd. Like, I don't want to say that, mm. but... Yeah, upcoming Boba Fett episode. Oh, so we Elmer already Fudd. did Boba, uh, Elmer Fudd, so that's just the shortest episode ever. Yeah. What if Elmer Fudd is like a like a consciousness, right? So he doesn't necessarily... Maybe, maybe he used to have a physical form, but he doesn't anymore. And when, guardian. and when... So when Elmer jumps into a new a new dimension... What happens is it's what Elmer's really doing is jumping between alternate universes, right? And when he jumps into an alternate universe, that like splits the alternate universe in two. So there's one track where he and basically he possesses someone that's in the narrative. So Elmer pops into an alternate universe, possesses Django Fett. So then you've got one alternate universe where it's it's Django Fett, but the consciousness is Elmer Fudd, and then you've got the other alternate universe where it's just Django Fett, no Elmer Fudd present. I I love that. Or I like the idea of Elmer Fudd hunting down the the um the Jedi. The Jedi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get these Waskowy Jedi. <laughs> Come here, Wook Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you. Uh... Uh, but bang bang 
<laughs> zip zap. <laughs> but what if uh, when when he hops into a presence, uh, he he still retains his like. I mean, if we want to keep it this way, he retains his goofy, can never succeed, like oh absolutely personality. So really, Jango Fett is Jango Fett throughout the entire Star Wars story, and when. Elmer decides to hop into this universe. He hops in right as Jango Fett is trying to fight Mace Windu. <laughs> and that's why Jango Fett dies. Because he can't... He's like not... He's not in control of himself. And then with the hunter and Jumanji, right? Like, he's super combinant, all this stuff. And as soon as whenever Elmer Fudd hops in is when he, like, trips on the bowling ball or, like, gets attacked by the rhinos or i don't know uh so elmer fudd is like the reason that all of these great hunters and bounty hunters have died he's a curse he's the curse of elmer fudd that's what we're talking about elmer fudd um (laughs) the course also of elmer fudd because you because you keep using elmer fudd's speech impediment yeah you get elmer fudd um yeah i every time you start a word with a W. I can't. I'm having a hard time. Like my brain's like, oh, he's doing a speech impediment. So my brain's naturally trying to replace the letters that you're not replacing. Uh, you've you've stumbled onto my game, Nick. Yeah, well, if done. I mess up just enough words, but not every word. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now, every time you say word, uh, my my word. brain is trying to replace it with an R, so it's a word. <laughs> it's awful. I hate it. So what if what if uh, Elmer Fudd was a hunter? Let's say like what if uh, Elmer Fudd was like a hunter in the like a a a, nor, a regular human or cartoon whatever it doesn't matter uh hunter um i don't know what time period but at some point elmer uh runs into this like witch that takes the form of a rabbit that's like their symbol is like of a rabbit and uh this witch uh that like elmer tries to kill this witch but fails and the witch curses him and basically pulls his consciousness out of his body and sends his consciousness hurtling off into like basically into the nether uh, the witch thinking that that elmer's like basically she just like d- damned him to hell but what instead of like sending his spirit to to hell what actually happened is elmer's just a bursting in and out of all of these fictional universes and uh getting a like basically getting his uh his soulmates um, killed. So like the like the the character in that universe that is like connected the to Elmer Fudd. The hunter in every soul. universe is an alternate dimension version of Elmer Fudd. Right, exactly. Oh, and then God. when Elmer sh- like pops into that that uh, alternate version of himself, it, that's what ends up getting them killed because of the curse by the witch. Because so. the curse damned Elmer Fudd and all of the Elmer Fuds across the multiverse. Right to the same fate. Uh, also, I'd like the witch to to actually look like his wife. Oh, what if what if he was what if he uh, was uh, a hunter who was married to a witch, and the witch looks like Mrs. Elmer Fudd from the the original cartoon? <laughs> oh no, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. honey, no, honey, no. <laughs> so then, what I want to know is what happened. What did Elmer do that was so bad that his yeah, wife that is that, that it? <laughs> He went out hunting on their anniversary. Yeah. Instead of getting the couch when he comes home, she sends him a hood away for time and space. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me. The yeah, time, I, I see no holes. The times I got in, so, in the most trouble was when I forgot anniversaries or like Valentine's Day, which, by the way, is the worst holiday. Valentine's Day? Yeah, name another bad holiday. Your birthday. Nice. Columbus Day. Got him. <laughs> Columbus Day is also a bad holiday. Yeah, Columbus Day is that. Yeah, that. Mm, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one. 
Um, hey, happy genocide day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I I like this option, you know, or or maybe, man, I mean, I, I like this option. I just also kind of want to have, I want to change Elmer a little bit to not necessarily change his outcome in the stories, but also maybe things about him or things like that. I don't know. I, I kind sure. of, I I think this is funny and I kind of like it. Can I throw but... one more option out there for a, a completely different version of, of Elmer uh, that, that I just want to just want to put out there, see if we like it, see if it takes. Yes. And before you do that, something we haven't done in a while, Nick, mm. how about you give an idea? Oh, God. And what I'm going to do this time is mm-hmm. I pick which one I like better. Oh, God. Okay. So um, you'll pick up the three options, which one we go with. Yes. Elmer and, Fudd. Oh, you're just going. It, well, I mean. <laughs> yeah, go for it, Nick. Yeah. I, I guess what I kind of have to now, don't I? Uh, so Elmer Fudd is a luchador um, who dresses up as a hunter for his costume um, and spends all of his time losing his luchador wrestling matches. Um, and his biggest rival is the rabbit. Uh, so he tries to go up against a waskawi rabbit. And he keeps losing his luchador. Kind of like that um, Lucha Mucha show, except um, less children, more adults. Hi, welcome to Nick's old school reference corner where nobody understands his references. <laughs> or no one's seen the show. Yeah. yeah. Classic. I would say okay. Nacho Libre, but Nacho Libre wins in the end. Nacho. 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 Spoilers. I mean, yeah, for a movie that's been out since I was in middle school. Hey, Nick, guess what? What's up? I guess what I've never seen. You what? <laughs> I would be more upset if it wasn't such a goofy movie. Sometimes you want to wear stretchy pants. <laughs> I would love to see. I would. Uh, a quick, quick aside. I would mm-hmm. love to see Jack Black play a live-action Elmer Fudd. That just makes sense in to me. Dude, Jack Black's so funny. Like he's 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 such a goofy dude. He's such a goon. We're not there to that part of the episode yet, but I no. feel like Jack Black's co-star in uh, his band. Oh, what's his band? Oh yeah, yeah. Tenacious I don't D. remember Tenacious his name. D. His like co-band mem- member yeah, yeah. would make a really good Homer Fudd. He would. Al- do, yeah. Also true. Uh, all um, right, Tyler. Shoot. Okay, so have you guys seen? Uh, well, let me let me sit, let me start off this way. So we're just coming out of October, right? We're coming out of Halloween. We're coming out of the spooky Spoopy month. So season. I'm thinking, what Spoopy if we season. kept with that and we make Elmer Fudd the protagonist of a horror movie where uh, Elmer Fudd, I, I'm thinking like, think in terms of like a psychological thriller kind of, or like, like a, a mysticism type horror film. Like, uh, like if you've seen uh, Midsummer or something like that. So thinking those, thinking those kinds of like spooky terms. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then Elmer Fudd is like a hunter in like the, uh, the, like, like the mid 1700s, uh, early 1800s early early america right and he's a uh he's a, a woodsman a, a pioneer and he is uh, out hunting far into the forest of um uh how about uh, west virginia just because and um, most heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Almost and then he's heaven. haunted by john denver no um nice and john denver. so no <laughs> <laughs> also suppose you, that you said why he... don't we make 
But I definitely heard like remake, but with Elmer Fudd's speech and <laughs> remake. What if we remake? Nick's brain is fried. <laughs> I'm broken now. <laughs> we know. So I'm imagining that uh, it's um, that in this horror movie we see this hunter Elmer. He's kind of a uh, a dopey guy. He's he doesn't really know what's going on most of the time. And then we see that he's um, he's out in like the middle of a clearing. And on the far side of the clearing, there's like this like like thing moving toward him through the trees. And then it comes out of the trees and it's just like this like rabbit. But the rabbit like looks weird like in some way. Maybe like it's Chungus? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, maybe it here. looks like Big Daddy Chungus. Um, or maybe it like it, it has it's like has no eye. It, there aren't any eyeballs in its eye sockets. But it, like or like something that's like obviously it's eyeballs disturbing. are more Elmer Fudd heads going <laughs> as it runs towards him. Is he, like, and, is he on an acid trip? <laughs> well, and he shoots. So he shoots the rabbit. He kills the rabbit and he eats it that night for dinner. Oh. and then I'm, I'm oh, imagining no. that what happens is he wakes up the next morning and he like walks back across the clearing or whatever through through back through the forest the same like path but the opposite direction that he took the day before he walks into this big clearing and on the other side he sees a rabbit and it has no eyes and now it has like a bullet hole and like uh like and then they're like i don't know it, I'm, I'm what i'm picturing is like this kind of time loop that elmer fudd gets stuck in where he after killing the, this initial spooky mystical rabbit has to relive that day and each day uh, depending on his actions, especially if he like kills the rabbit or I don't know, maybe whatever, whatever we want. Um, it keeps getting like darker and spookier and scarier. Um, and eventually maybe, I don't know, the rabbit uh, turns into the rabbit from Monty Python and kills him or something. It's, it's an unhappy it's a, Groundhog's Day. He, he sees a vision yeah, of basically. his dad telling him, why would you kill the rabbit? <laughs> why would you do this, son? <laughs> why would you kill the rabbit? He takes a walk through the queuing. <laughs> And she's a so ba- yeah, basically it's an it's a it's a creepy Groundhog's Day where he's haunted by some forest f- like spirits or something or like some some un- unseen forces that are shown in representations of like crazy things happening in the woods through animals, through plants, and other crazy uh, tricks of the eye sorts of things. So it's like Happy Death Day, but better. Yeah. Well, um, I'm also kind of sure. getting Blair, Tyler. Blair Witch watch vibes. more movies. I'm getting Blair Witch vibes off of this too. Blair Witch. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's. I guess. Yeah, it is kind of a, a combination between those two. Blair now, Witch. now that now that I'm thinking about it, I do know Happy Death Day. I do know. No. I do know what you're talking about. But yeah, definitely not comedic in any way. It's definitely more like if you took the the Groundhog's Day premise of well of Groundhog's Day, but also of of Happy Death Day, and then you combined it with like the the cinematography of Midsummer. And then the uh, the tone of Blair Witch sort of thing, um, or or just the witch if you are familiar with that, or the, excuse me, the the witch. Because uh, I do like that movie. Also, the the main uh, actor who plays the father has the deepest voice man has ever seen. I know, right? Deeper should... than James Earl Jones. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. It's, no, it's so deep. It, it's all. It sounds like you can't understand him. Like the earth is talking to you. Yeah, it's the Earth. so deep and and grumbly. Grandfather Earth. Oh, yeah. that would and be another good sky. thing to throw into this horror movie is uh like he thinks that the ground is talking to him, and maybe it is. So I like Tyler's here's, idea. Here's what we're gonna do: we are going to incorporate all three no. ideas. Oh, no. mine's a luchador, <laughs> and luchadors don't go into scary things. They're smarter than that. Well, here, <laughs> here's what we're gonna here's what we're gonna incorporate it. Okay, is Elmer Fudd. Was 
a luchador. Mm, but again, this would make him smarter than than horror movie. He was name a one luchador. luchador horror movie. Uh, that's right. You can't because no because luchador because that genre bending has not happened yet. Well, I'll be the first and I'll try and gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna fail. <laughs> well, he was a luchador who decided that it probably wasn't the career for him. So to to clear his head and to just kind of get out into nature and get things figured out, he decided to go hunting out in the woods. And while he is out there, he encounter he just flat out encounters a witch who looks exactly like him but with long hair. A witch. Okay. A, a witch. And then it's not it's not his wife, it's just a witch that looks like him. And uh the witch maybe is like you know, making him feel settled in, maybe getting him some some cup of tea, something like that. Is it like a witch's house, or is it just she's just like standing in the trees? No, like a, like and a little hands hut. him a cup of tea, like a hut. Okay, yeah, like a little witch's hut. Because I like the idea of her just standing in the trees and handing him a cup of tea, <laughs> like a chair comes out of nowhere. Oh, have a seat. <laughs> so it's basically sure. Doctor Strange, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but a witch. Yeah, and is the hut gives him the tea, talking to him, and then uh, it just kind and of... they make babies? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. Yeah. they don't make babies. Um, they just they run at each other really hard, and when they collide... No, they they're not ghosts. They're not ghosts. There's no polyping. Mm. Do, do, do Elmer's babies... I'm going to wallop eat... you if you say polyp again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what do, do you say, do, uh, do the If Elmer has children, do they eat baby food? <laughs> <laughs> so, when they're in... When they're in the witch's hut... Uh, one thing, like, it starts to get kind of creepy where the witch is, like, like weirdly, f- like, fuzzing out or, like, saying weird things. And then eventually when Elmer, like, looks up from his tea, the witch is gone and the hut is, like, a dilapidated hut in the forest. And she isn't there anymore, but he has finished the tea. And uh, that's the tea, sis. It's not good tea. And it now makes him, like, trapped in this forest. And the witch then embodies the rabbit. That was a stretch of a joke, by the way. And, and well, you know, it's more <laughs> just, stretching than you do, Nick. Mm, that's, mm, huh? Have you seen your joints? I don't want to know My about Nick's stretching. Yeah. What are you saying? I bet you can't raise your hand above your head. Ouch. What? <laughs> gotcha. You need to do more stretching. I do need to do um, more stretching. But um, what if it's not the witch that embodies the rabbit, but it's like something that like she gave him or like 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 a curse sort of thing that it's but, not necessarily like the witch herself as much as like the witch cursed him and now it's something else is now in the rabbit sort of thing we got to give him a reason to go to the witch's house yeah you're on the woods he wants hunting. to make babies no fair enough no okay. well, not too late i'm vetoing it you can't do that i can do that says, since when says this me, is a yes I and podcast. unplug from this, the soundboard and leave this is a yes and fine leave we're gonna talk about the hot witch no <laughs> you're not um but we got to give him a reason, I guess, since we can't just have him, oh, the hot witch. What if <laughs> he goes out hunting, he gets lost in a storm, uh, he falls over the edge of a waterfall, he uh, he doesn't end up in the witch's house yet, but then he wakes up, he's like on a bank, all of his stuff is gone, he's lost, he has no food, he, he comes up to this dilapidated hut, and uh, this woman comes outside, she's really hot, and he wants to make babies. Not hot. I like that. He doesn't want to make babies. <laughs> No. It gives it. It's a double reason. Two reasons. Two reasons. And when she asked so happy, I fell off a waterfall. <laughs> and straight into your. Is arms. that wait? Is the waterfall? Is is his fall? Is that how he gets his speech impediment? No, probably hits his head on the way down. No, I thunk. He just had it. 
I mean, I'm okay with either. It's probably either from way. luchador injuries. Most likely. Oh, yeah. I obviously, had, the I luchador from his, in, from his in, injuries. Big opponent. Yeah. Or his... somebody RKO's him out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. From, uh, for sure. From the uh, Yosemite Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch, out, watch out, watch out, so <laughs> watch out. Watch out! RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> she gives him the tea. He, like, like... Everything starts blurring out. He passes out, wakes up. The house is like super. It's not an. It's not. It's barely. You could barely even call it a house. Just it's. Mm. Ba- he's. He wakes up in an outhouse, um, and uh, he realizes he drank his own piss. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What bear grills? <laughs> and it's actually bear grills the entire time. Elmer Fudd is bear grills. For bear grills. <laughs> so, what if he? Maybe that's what the tea is. It's his own piss, but he doesn't realize it. Yeah, because he's he's like so he hit his head on the way down the waterfall. Yeah. Bear Grylls hit his head on the way down the waterfall. Yeah, and now thinks he's Elder Fudd. Are you? Yeah. Are you listening to your own ideas? No, well, I mean you. <laughs> I all try the not to. Had, so now we have bad ideas. <laughs> I really try not to, Riley. <laughs> well, I have to. So yikes! There's that hate listen. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> your one, your one hate listen for the day. Um. But he, so he wakes up after having the tea, and then what, Riley? Then what happens? So, I mean, I'm just trying to picture it in my head, and I'm trying to decide if it would be creepier or not as creepy to have the whole thing live action until he drinks the tea, and then it's cartoony, or if it's, like, cartoony the whole time and it's just, like, an animated special, or if it's cartoony at first, and then when he drinks the tea, it's then live action. Oh, that could be weird. That would be a weird a, thing to watch. A cartoon then live action? Uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be strange. But then there it, are still like cartoon elements to keep popping up. I think it'd be better if we had live action and then like cartoon dream sequences. Like they make passionate love and then she nope. gives him some tea they don't do and that. he falls asleep after having the tea and has like weird um, cartoon dreams. Yeah, it could just be like a single cartoon moment rather than like a recurring thing throughout. Mm-hmm. So like maybe maybe it is like during the like he drinks the tea and then things start to turn into more cartoon looking, more kind of Looney Tunes looking sorts of things. Um, but then when he wakes back up, things he appear to be back to normal and he doesn't see the cartoon stuff anymore. But then it starts to turn toward the more like creepy, you know, forest witch spirits, bunny demon sorts of things. And then we can have one of my favorite shots um, in filmmaking, where it's the wake up, gasp, sit ups shot. Oh, classic! <laughs> the, you know, and and that's when he realizes that he's not in a real house. He's in like he's in a. Do- Ooh, he's can a we do- have <laughs> in the in the in the dream that he has before he wakes up, the one that where things start to turn cartoony? Mm-hmm. Can we have the end of the dream? You know the 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 classic. Uh, horror movie cliche where like someone is like on the they've like been thrown onto the ground they're on their stomach and like the camera is like looking at their face right so they're they're looking into the camera but they're on their mm-hmm. stomach on the ground mm-hmm. or or they're like on a bed and then something like grabs their legs and pulls them away from the camera into the dark yeah. let i like i, I think let's have yeah so like let's have that be that and that's when he wakes up from the dream as that happens and um maybe it's like a cartoon version of himself of elmer fudd that like pulls him into the darkness that we only see like it's we can't fully see this cartoon version of elmer fudd but like you you can you you know what the the idea is you know that that's what it is is it a cartoon version of elmer fudd or is it a cartoon version of bugs bunny of the wabbit good question the wabbit that's a good question Come here, Elmo. I'm gonna wear your skin. <laughs> okay, it's Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Come here. Okay, well, I'm gonna get a wascoy skin suit. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's Bugs Bunny, but speaks skin. like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> puts the lotion, puts the lotion on the skin. Oh, gets the hose again. Um, so <laughs> puts the lotion in the basket. Maybe it, maybe it starts as a cartoon, and then the dream sequence is a cartoon, and then becomes live action, and then if he escapes. He goes back to being cartoony again. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the idea of the cartoon being part of the dream stuff, but then it maybe it, it like pops. It keeps popping up when you think that he's awake, so you never really know. Even at tor- at the very end of the of the movie, um, you never know when he was awake and when he wasn't. Including, I'd like there to be some sort of thing where like that. That's like a theme throughout the film, where like the cartoon stuff keeps popping and it keeps getting worse and worse and more and more like demonic as it goes on. But then if like, if this is somebody's watched it for like the second time, you can like see certain things before he gets lost in the woods that Uh are like of the same cartoon elements. So like, like, was he ever not in the woods? Like, was Uh he ever not under the control of the witch? Have you ever seen like happy on Netflix? Uh-uh. It's a show about a, a guy who's oh, he's basically a drug addict. Oh wait, I've who, seen ads for it. Yeah, who who sees the the cartoon horse falling around? Yes, yeah, right. It's kind of like kind of like that, but better. Yeah, it's like a it's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yeah, but, but horror. Yeah, where like you know, in some of the shots, you can maybe see that one of the trees in the background is shaded in with more outline, but like just barely, so it looks animated, but maybe it isn't. Or like certain parts of the waterfall, maybe, or like going in and out of animation or like and i i you know i don't think a movie has ever been i think because who framed roger rabbit had it was very distinctly there was the real live action parts and then there was the animated parts and they stayed consistent throughout except for like the the villain who becomes like who is, who, who is be, a tune yeah but becomes like kind of a tune at the end and i remember that part of the movie really gave me the willies. It's it's a really spooky scene, yeah. just in general. So having a horror movie that functions solely on that uncanny valley weird theme of like some of these are cartoony, some of these aren't. It looks just real enough, but something's off about it. Like that would be interesting. It I think it'd be really hard to do. Absolutely. While also keeping that horror aspect. Mm-hmm. Because like Cartoons are, are typically um, known for like their bright colors and their um, rounded edges and things like that, and that's not stuff that's typically associated with horror. Uh-huh. Um, with the exception, yeah, we like, need to change the art style. With the exception of like uh, like Akuma, or I don't know where the other ones, but Akuma's got a lot of rounded edges because it's a giant flesh thing, right? Like that's the that's the horror behind it is is um, a mutant goes nuts and turns into a giant flesh monster. So there are some more rounded edges in that and a little brighter colors, but it's still unsettling due to the topic and like and like what's going on in the the screams. Um You know from an audience perspective, it might be from from an audience perspective, it might be easier to have it be the case where when we are looking through Elmer's eyes, that's when we see the things that have the cartoon elements. That's when we see the waterfall and uh, and the other things that, that keep having the cartoon that look like they're like cartoon-esque. Um, uh, and then, but then if it ever changes perspective or when it changes perspective so that you're looking at it from the outside, so not through Elmer's eyes, not from his perspective, but just from like a, a third party from the audience's perspective, it's like, so like 
you see that Elmer shoots a, a, a rabbit and it's a, and it's a, shoots a cartoon rabbit from Elmer's perspective and um, goes over to it and like is like cooking it and, and eating it. And it's all like cartoon esque from Elmer's perspective. And then it, it switches maybe over to the audience perspective. And that's that's when you, you can get the horror stuff because you, the audience knows, but Elmer doesn't know that like to Elmer, he just shot and killed this cartoon rabbit everything seems totally fine he's drugged up so it seems kind of normal that he just shot a cartoon look looking rabbit so like that's like kind of washed over but from the audience perspective like maybe instead of shooting and killing a rabbit it was like i don't know what's something what would, uh something like well, horror like so, so how i'm how i'm picturing it like i've got this this shot in my head right now that i'm seeing where um elmer's walking through the woods trying to hunt and he comes across this what looks like an elk or a deer on top of a on top of a it, it's like a cartoonish kind of deer standing on top of a rock and uh he raises his gun fires and how we how we see and kills the the deer and how how we see it pan is we see the the shot come over elmer's shoulder and see the the cartoon deer the camera rotates slowly through the trees until we turn back around and we see elmer's face and it continues like and he fires the gun and we see the camera rotate back around toward the um toward the deer and we see that it was a person trying to scramble over the rock yeah either trying to get away or something and then and again from el we we, the movie is uh, a good chunk of it is like from elmer's perspective so like it it would have the movie would have to lead us to the point where like we know that elmer's perspective is 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 fuzzy it's like it's cartoon-esque because like he's obviously like been drugged or like cursed or some or some combination thereof right? right which would allow for it to make sense that he sees these cartoon things as cartoon things mm-hmm. and then that would therefore that would make sense for us as the audience to have that shot happen right where you could have that panning between oh the cartoon thing the cartoon thing that makes sense from Elmer's perspective, turn, turn, you know, pan over and, Oh, that's someone he's hunting people. The witch has cursed him to hunt like human beings sort of thing. I, I love that. I think that's spooky and ominous and, and it can like, it can play it off so much as like, you you know, you know, team, team fortress Two, the, uh, the, uh, the The pyro, pyro, (laughs) like from the pyro's perspective. Right. Um, yeah, if you, if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube, look up Team Fort- Team Fortress 2 Pyro. Um, it's like a character video that introduces this new playable character that you can play as in this video game. And from, from the Pyro's perspective, um, uh, the Pyro's like handing out lollipops and like everything's rainbows and glitter and fun. And then you pan out of that, uh, out of the Pyro's perspective and the Pyro's actually like shooting people and like lighting things on fire and, and it's it's not actually as it seems. So that's, that's well, the kind of thing that I want want but even more visceral and haunting in yeah. this kind of film well and like with a scene like that it'd be super easy to transition into him like like preparing the the body of the of the deer that he shot which is actually a human and then taking it home and preparing it for dinner and eating it and right stuff like, and like and like like to us we know like oh that's a that's a person that's wrong that's freaky but to him it's like oh well this is just a cartoon deer that i shot in the woods with my cartoon gun and given how his brain would be like messed with with the drugs and curse or whatever, like to him, it's not so much even necessarily like, oh, this is a cartoon deer that I shot. Oh, I just shot it. I just shot this deer, and I'm just prepping it for dinner. This right. is normal. This, right, this is like yeah. everyday life. Exactly. Very good. You look a little troubled over there. I, <laughs> I just don't think it would be that scary. Like, I think I don't think it'd be a scary thing. I think it'd be a dread thing. Um, like, um, well, I mean, because you know, I'm just thinking like. If 
we are constantly switching between perspectives of him seeing things as cartoon and then it not being then i think kind of the the shock of that realization is of that realization is taken away because we know whatever he's seeing is not actually what he's seeing and just for me personally i'd get really used to it i'd be like okay he's probably no, killing someone so like what what other way can we make it more terrifying more scary i mean like what if it ha- i mean it would have to build right like it would have to be the case where we see elmer's perspective like it starts off as like maybe we see a cartoon version of a bunny and then it pans out to audience perspective and we see that it's a bunny but the bunny's already dead or like like or then we see a cartoon house and it looks it's like this beautiful brick house that's like really large and stuff and then it pans out and it's like uh it's like a cave so i i don't know like it would have to be it would have to start out with small differences between the cartoon version the the the, the elmer perspective and the audience perspective it would have to be, start out as really tiny differences that would then build up into um uh revealing the like the fact that he's now hunting people sort of thing well, so you, I, I, yeah it's a good question i don't know how to do that well, super well i mean I, I you know i want nick to to say what he's thinking but also you know you could have it where after he drinks the tea or the potion or or what have you maybe the the witch herself is kind of a little animated in some ways like things are a little off yeah some something weird like maybe it does that thing where um you know the the animators replace like two uh two frames in the clip with like an animated version and so it just like your brain it's it's too fast for you to recognize what's happening but like for a a split second like it doesn't look human anymore and it's like kind of between frames it'll switch kind of those things so like you're kind of on edge a little bit and then once he drinks the potion or the or the poison or whatever then that's when he starts like the the horror is never taken away it's still like creepy it's still a spooky forest he hears things he sees things but when he's hunting things or maybe when he's chasing animals or or things like that, like maybe the animals are animated and it's a weird right. juxtaposition and that it's a spooky setting. But then there's these like cartoon animals and he's kind of like, this is weird, but I'm going to hunt it. And then he hunts it and it's like all cartoony because like when he guts it, like cartoon guts spill like it, it's like horrifying imagery but in a cartoon then it's like right uh, that's kind of unnerving and then at the very end when he maybe goes back to the the witch's um hut to sleep for the night because there's a big storm or something or like he goes for shelter the camera pans back at his recent thing that he just ate and it's like a human hand or something Ooh, i like that uh, yeah uh, i would so a couple things first thing like i would argue that the the sense of dread is more what we would be going for in a, in, in a movie like this. It wouldn't it wouldn't be something like necessarily like oh we're looking for scary like we're looking we're looking for more for for dread like like in in the witch the or the bitch however you want to say it. Um, I watched one just the other day. Um, I don't know if I could uh, what was it Haga Zeus or something like that. Um, it was a German movie about a witch who lives in the woods. Um, and and uh, or even the original like 
um, Blair Witch, it's going more for that dread, that 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 fear of what's coming, that that uncomfortable and, and what's real. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I would argue, or um, oh, a great example would be um, it comes at night. Um, like a lot of these movies, like they they really hold to the idea of the audience not trusting the main character, right? The audience not trusting the view of the main character um, and what that looks like. And so uh, it could be one of those things like I, I would argue that even having little glimpses here and there of weird things going on wouldn't necessarily get old super quickly, um, especially if you keep runtime run low. But um, as well as like, I, I, would, I would argue that it's that dread and that not trusting the main character that really gives the that sense of discomfort or fear that comes with it. Um, right. But uh, I, I can definitely see what you're like, what you're getting at and that whole, like trying not to make the, the payoff or, or the, the shtick behind it where in the mm-hmm. first little bit. And so I would, I would say that like some, some way we can combat the whole, like trying not to take the fear out of it with, with the cartoon elements is like, maybe we start cell shading things instead of, of having like, like, I don't want like full on drawn cartoon. But something cell cell shaded, more like uh, like Borderlands or Ooh, um, good thought, yeah. Walking Dead, um, the Walking the Telltale Walking Dead games or something like that, where it it's not quite like the the the, the outlines are a little harsher, the the colors are a little more not bland but um, washed out, I guess. And maybe yeah. that would be like a good way to start it is is you start with uh, that cell shade weird weirdness like maybe it's just one or two things at a time in a scene before turning into like some more major elements and stuff like that. I think that'd be a good way to combat the whole trying to avoid the like removal of of the fear and the scary by uh, cartooning things. You know, totally. And yeah, actually, that was kind of what I was originally picturing was mm-hmm. like that kind of that like minimal shading, mm-hmm. but something still looks weird and off about it. You know, and I and I'm not an artist, so it's hard to like speak in in clear language as to what I'm picturing. Right. But you know, uh, well, th- that's what I am picturing is what you're. you're I mean, saying. like like seeing it in like the best way I can say to see it in real life is um, Bernie Burns, one of the founders of Rooster yeah. Teeth, has a, a yeah. Tesla that he had wrapped to have like a yellow cell shaded look to it. Um, yeah. And so it stands out in real life fairly easily. Is like, oh, that looks weird, but it, it's. Or not have you seen those backpacks? Like, yeah, the, yeah, like they they look like they're cartoons, but it's it's just the the style of of uh, the backpack is m- makes it seem that way. Right. Yeah, and it could still be like weird flashes and things, and maybe when oh, absolutely when he comes across animals, or you know, maybe even there's some monster out in the forest that you know is is called the the wabbit or or whatever <laughs> uh, that the witch tells him about to be careful of etc cetera, etc cetera. and he he still goes on a hunting trip and he's like hunting these animals but also like you get the dread of maybe something is hunting him or following him um sure and maybe we get weird peaks of like when he goes to like maybe he's hunting a deer and when the deer is like kind of hopping away maybe it's like hopping in a really weird way and kind of scrambling up rocks kind of in a weird looking way and maybe when he corners the deer, the deer like picks up a branch in its mouth and like swings it at him. And you're like, Ooh. no, deers don't really do that. That's kind of weird. And he's kind of weirded out by that, but he still kills the deer and like eats it. But then when the reveal is later that like all the animals were people, it's like, oh, that makes more sense why they acted that way. Right. Things start to click a little bit. Yeah. And then we find out at the end through some, you know, uh, reveal 
that Elmer Fudd is the Wabbit. <gasps> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, that's that's the big the big reveal is that Elmer Fudd was the Wabbit the whole time. I think uh, the largest tragedy of this podcast is that so many of our cool ideas will probably never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> what what was it that Riley said? Uh, have you listened to our, our ideas or have you listened to your ideas? I don't uh, yeah, know. Mary. Have you listened to what you're don't saying right confident. now? <laughs> I think they're awesome. Okay. I mean, I've got some aspiring filmmaker friends. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll get talking to them. Um, this horror movie concept that, uh, yeah, it, it's it'd be it'd be I've never seen a like live action slash animated horror movie. One more quick note: it could be the case. It, it well, another thing that we could do to help blur the lines and to make it more ominous and ha- without having to reveal as much is: what if it's the case that there are certain th- like r- like real world things that start to look more cartoon esque, like Nick was describing with the cell shading, all of that. But then also there are some more cartoon world things that start to look more real. So like, what if um, Elmer is out in the woods and um, he's hunting? Uh, he, he's, he he hasn't seen any animals yet. He's just out looking for animals. He's hunting, um, and uh, and then he comes across this like. Uh, with you know especially because this is after he's already heard about the wabbit or whatever uh, from the, from like the witch the or maybe from like a book that he finds in the witch's house after he wakes up um, and then he's out in the woods he's hunting he's still feeling weird and we still get to see that experience uh, through Elmer's perspective but and then suddenly Elmer comes like turns uh, around a tree and in front of him is like this enormous chewed on carrot or, or that like looks like a real carrot it doesn't look like it's a cartoon but like what in the world like like this doesn't make any sense still but in a very different way it's like the cell shaded things that we were talking about so like some of the more cartoon the uh, car- things from the cartoon world starting to also show up as if they are real world things as well it's like kind of like some uh victorian horror where it's just uncomfortable like things are just weird yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's the that's the tone that I'm going for. Is like this ominous, like you don't really know at any point what's going on. There are very few like key plot points that an audience member can really grab onto and keep a hold of to know what's happening. So, and it's kind of it's like you know, there is no there is no monster. You never like Other see the monster except for Elmer. You knew you the one you, thing you met the monster the whole time. You were the monster. I, I yeah. am the monster. Mm-hmm. It's like, um. um the one thing that, that would game. be that I'm very fine with leaving unexplained, but that would be left unexplained would be uh, the witch. Like, who is the witch? Where, where is she from? Is she trying to help him? Is she trying to hurt him? What's her purpose? And I'm totally fine leaving that totally unanswered. Yeah. Her her name is Warner. <laughs> <laughs> the Warner. Yeah. But that's only in the, the script for the movie. We don't actually reveal that yeah. in the film itself. The Warner. Maybe maybe in the in the credits. You don't have anyone any like title that says the witch. You just have like Warner. Yeah, and they have people like guess. Oh, yeah, was yeah. Warner. And it's a play on words because it's she warns him, but also oh. it's Warner Brothers Studio. And Actually, I really like that the Warner. Him. That's good. That's and really she good. Cursed him. The cursor. <laughs> the cursor. <laughs> the cursor. No, that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I'd I'm be interested board. to see if this could be done well. I know it would be very difficult to do it well. I think it'd be doable though. I think it'd be hard, but it'd be doable. It'd, it'd take the right kind of. I think it'd take the right director for sure. 
Who do you think? Who do you think should direct it? Oh man, um, give me a second. Do the closeout, and I will give you an answer. All right. So while Nick looks that up, uh, thank you guys for tuning into this uh, post spoopy season spoopy episode of the, <laughs> the popular po- podcast. It's kind of like um, how when you go on a trip and you go on vacation, how when you get back, you need like one more day of vacation to kind of like coast into the work week again kind of like that it's like the 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 coasting into the the thanksgiving season so um but with a, horror but with horror horror but with horror, horror. horror. Uh, um, uh. so uh thank you guys again for for tuning in and uh and giving us your ears um your ears um yeah again if you want to well actually i'm gonna do the closeout in, in elmer fudd's voice i'm gonna try to it's gonna be hard um if you want to find us on the socials, you can find us at Pop Apoc Podcast, P O P A P O C Podcast, or you can find us in our most unadulterated form at www.popapocpodcast. Or, no, I've messed it up, but that's okay because I'm focusing on the voice. Uh, anyway, yeah, you can find us there. Uh, so, closing out, one unalterable change. And then we're going to talk about who we would have play who. Tyler, one ult- un- un- unchangeable change. At the end of the film, we see Elmer. At, this is after Elmer has killed someone. And I, I don't think that we maybe necessarily know who this person was that he killed. Uh, it's after we as the audience find out that he killed someone. He goes back to he like ends up back at the witch's house and walks in and it starts off again. It's through Elmer's perspective. He like comes into this this like well lit relatively nice home that he's been like staying at after she invited him in he walks in he sees like the the hearth and and, like it's like setting down his gun and then it pans to back to the audience perspective and just lying like maybe in the middle of the floor is the witch with like elmer's hunting knife stabbed into her oh and like you find out that she's been dead like for a, a long time like who knows exactly how long but like she's elmer killed her very clearly nick i think since it's a a real like a live action movie um it's gonna be hard to have like exactly like i don't think he's, he'd be wearing the same like clothes that elmer fudd would but i think like in the like his hunting cabin up wherever they are in the middle of west virginia or wherever we said they were um i think maybe he's got like some suits of his father's and um as he opens like a closet at one, in one scene to grab a jacket i think we see elmer fudd's hat sitting mm. on the top shelf nice my unchangeable change is his uh shotgun is also infinite ammo okay <laughs> just <laughs> like in the cartoon we never see him reload uh-uh. okay but it's explained away because it's t- it's kind of a cartoon now right Alrighty. now who we have him play who oh man um jack black playing <laughs> playing elmer playing elmer. all of the characters all of them <laughs> Um, John Krasinski. Oh, well, uh, that's a serious. That's a serious oh, wait. take. What about Rain Wilson? Dwight from The Office Ooh, plays Elmer Fudd. That, that, that cool actually would one. be pretty good. That would be a good one. I would watch the like heck that. out of that. Uh, and then the Warner is played by uh, Kira Knightley. <laughs> I think someone a bit older. Uh, Betty White. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, she wouldn't really be like creepy, creepy. You're creepy, creepy. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. I'm married. What? Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> no. Jennifer Lawrence. No. Nick, you listening? Old. Well, yes. not old, but like, I'm thinking like 40s or 50s. So Jennifer Aniston, actually, um, I'd be like. Colin Bonnet Carter. Ooh, she would. I mean, yeah, she would be incredible at that. Or uh, Angela from The Office. Mm-hmm. That would actually be really funny. 
<laughs> little wink. Uh, and then Nick, director. Um, so I'm I'm kind of torn between Jennifer Kent, who directed The Babadook, mm. and um, Jordan Peele, mm. who directed. Um, oh man, that's tough. Us. Well, co-directed. And They're co-directors. Yeah, make them co-directors. Co-di- co-directors would be would be Boom. interesting. Produced by Guillermo so- del Toro. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, Co-dir- produced by Michael Bay. <laughs> no, <laughs> just explosions. <laughs> yeah, so, I think I think Jordan Peele or Jennifer Kent either would kill it. Co co-directors, co-directors produced by Guillermo del Toro. This is the ultimate movie. <laughs> this is this is it. We're calling you out. We're calling we call Guillermo, uh, Jordan Peele, okay, Jennifer. Yeah. This we're calling is, y'all out. Yeah, come make this, our movie. How we're gonna end the episode? Uh, what's it called? Everyone give their own pitch. The movie title. It's um fud, but with like an umlaut over the top, so it's food. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's that's very clever, actually. Yeah, that is that is pretty good. That is good. Um, um I'm I'm gonna go with uh uh just wabbit. Mm, yeah, mine was gonna be a, a a play on. It's gonna be it was gonna be wabbit season. Wabbit. Honestly, I think I, I have to put my vote in for for food though. For yeah, fud. I like that I, one that's, too. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so to all of our audience, please uh, go tweet at Jordan Peel and tag him in hashtag food. That's F U with a uh, an umlau and then uh, D D. So F U umlau D D. Yeah, I eat people uh, <laughs> like a goat man. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> And luchadors don't go into scary things. They're smarter than that.